webcast for all things dice dragons demons and a dwarf from the warhammer worlds i'm your host patrick and as always i got chuck and justin with me fellas what do you hear what do you say we're going man it's a great week and great month let's just keep rocking it is a pretty damn good week man and you know this is gonna be a pretty good show chuck i cut you off already man we're like 30 seconds into the show three seconds into the show and i completely I was... cut you off it's go time let's go it is go time. <laughs> it is it is go time and you know what i'm really happy that uh that we're all here because we got a lot of stuff we're gonna be talking about we got a great topic and actually you know it's kind of one that i was a little skeptical about at first but the more i kind of researched it and we kind of talked about it you know kind of off off the cuff you know before the show turned up um i was really ecstatic that we actually uh that, that we actually came up with this and 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 i gotta tell you this is kind of a, 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 a you know i don't know i don't want to say what would be the word apropos uh proper whatever it would be which which none of that none of that french kind of work you know words are us unless it's swear words unless of course you know chuck and justin are you know being very vulgar again because i'm not vulgar at all I, i'm very no, demure no. and soft-spoken no, you're no, appropriate no. very appropriate that's if, it if the, that's you it. are the most appropriate person on the show i mean i would probably put you at the top of the list thank you very little I'll, hey i'll send you that check for that for saying that thank you <laughs> all right so no but uh but it's kind of funny we are going to be talking about uh some spiders tonight and and, and now we're also going to be talking a little bit too about uh, armed forces day we got some updates on that that's going to be the tournament and, uh, and chuck's got his gloom spite book you know book he's all he's all ready you know he was he was the kid in class that always sat in the front and smiled at the teacher and got all the good grades and you know and then at the same time he was also the kid that took your lunch money out on the playground that was him you know he's got a record for that He's not even saying. I'm sure right it's it's somewhere in my permanent. It's in my permanent record at school somewhere, right? Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it, man. But uh, but everybody out there, man, welcome to Grimdark Live, and, and uh, we are going to be um, we're going to be talking about some good stuff. But you know, I want to thank everybody for joining us on tonight's show. I mean, uh, and if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And um, but gang, let's uh, let's dive right in with with both feet. So. On tonight's show, we're going to be looking at the Gloomspite Git subfaction from the Tome Celestial, uh, mm-hmm. and also a little bit into the uh, the Grimdark. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, the uh, the Gloomspite <laughs> uh, Battle Tome, and um, you know, I guess here's the thing. You know, when we talk about the spiders, when we talk about what that subfaction brought to it. I mean. And then you look at, you know, the fact that maybe we don't see a lot of the, the, the army on the tabletops. But did you, gang, did you guys know that the Arachnorok Spider is one of the most popular models sold via Games Workshop? Did, did you guys know this? Yep. Really? Uh-uh. It's a, oh, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a great conversion piece. People use it for all kinds of things. I literally had no idea, and and, and just kind of like kind of you know reading and researching about the topic tonight, I came across it, and I was like, it's like one of the top selling huh. models. Who who the frick knew? I I had I didn't know, but uh, kind of a cool little piece to kind of know about. But um, so getting into it, I mean, the, the Tome Celestial, 
I think they, they, they have a great move in publishing uh, for the White Dwarf with all these with all these uh, little little sub faction pieces in them. And recent right. issues have given us the Jaws of Mork, uh, the, the they you know which was dedicated to the the Squig Heavy list, uh, the Trog Herds and the Trogoths, and, and now uh, the faction is centered around the, the Spider Fangs. You know the the, the Grim Scuttle tribes. Um, I think there's there's a lot to build from here. I, re- I really do. I mean, guys, you kind of read this over. I mean, uh, this is mm-hmm. this is a good thing for the spiders, man. And we're definitely going to have a lot of great stuff to talk about. What do you guys think about it? Oh yeah, they're they're an amazing faction, and they it just re-energized the way the Gloom Spike gets used that particular portion of their book. Right. So, right. I, I kind of like the Tome Celestial and how they've been doing that, where they're it's like taking a section of a book that may not get as much of the you know, the bread and butter, so to speak. And now they got it, you know, they got the full banquet going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really like what they've done uh, because I think, I think it really adds a lot to the spice of the game or that army. And, you know, I, I guess let me back up here. I mean, Chuck, were you going to say something? On it? I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, the, you know, the, uh, the Grim Scuttle? You know, I, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I, I, we are all, I think, on the same page or a similar page when we say that if they can release uh, some type of army list battalion or something to reinvigorate um, a book that's, you know, a year old or two years old in order to give players another chance or a refresh with the codex that they already have, and they put that in a white dwarf, whether it be Grim Scuttle or, you know, the Trogoth Herd, um, I just think it adds more flavor to the to the game overall. Like, Justin was getting that. I mean, if you can reuse those models again and you just got to buy a $8 magazine and you got your rules out on three or four pages, they do a little battle report on it, Warhammer Community features it. You know, I think it's a win-win. Don't you think? I, I really do, and and you you said that a lot better than I was. I was kind of struggling to say say what you said uh, much much better. <laughs> um, yeah, bleh. so um, but I think I think the storyline to kind of go back to that to kind of tie together uh, what you guys were saying and what I was fumbling over like like uh, like, an, like an idiot. Um, I think the storyline is summed up like this: the Gits of Shaiish, because uh, that's kind of where this whole that's where this whole baseline of this whole tribe is is from. The Gits of Shaiish have carved out an existence by becoming predators, for the better lack of terminology, in in the land of Shaiish. And the Grim Scuttle of Shaiish, they worship a deity whose true name is, I think, unknown. I, I didn't pick it up anywhere when I was when I was reading anything, but I didn't see it either. It, it basically goes by the Spider God, the Feaster of Beyond. The, I think the other one was like the Scuttler of the Void or something like that. And, and they have the, all these like little pet names for them. But the story goes on to talk about uh, the, uh, the the Gloom Spite gets and you know kind of how they came into all of these. Uh, spider riding little little goblins and it's really a fantastic story arc to boot as well as a great way to play the army um, but like the gloom spite gets you know other deities you know um, it's impossible to tell if this is being uh, something that is real if this if this creature or this deity is real or if it's just a product of you know the little drug addicts you know taking too many ingested mushrooms or something like that I mean but but it's just a fun fun look at this army that realistically I've seen do very well on the tabletop, but I mean, can somebody explain? Like, we don't see it a lot out on the tabletop. I don't see spider armies out much, and they got great poison attacks. They they could they they basically have the fly rule. You know, uh, they can crawl over you know terrain and. Yep. What? Why don't we see more of them? I don't get it. The I, models I, are outdated. I think is one, and they're kind of hard to get a hold of. Some of them are kind of hard to get to hold get a hold of. Okay. And I think three in the Gloomspite Jits book when it first came out, it was heavily promoted as a squig 
themed book and a uh, troll heavy book. So there really wasn't that big of a push on the spider side of it. I think they were sort of lumped into it or included uh, out of completeness or to, to make it more of a completionist army. Right. Uh, four, I think you don't have that many good battalions in the book to really run a uh, legitimate army with now you there's a couple fun ones to play but there's not like the competitive one that can get you a four and one at a, an event or a three and one and one at a regular you know two-day event right mm-hmm. right and i like the way you put that because you know it's funny that uh, that i'd always kind of thought that in the back of my mind that yeah. gloom spite book kind of kind of did cater more towards squigs and trogoths but i'd actually never like verbalized that uh out loud and it's kind of neat that you actually said that because i kind of thought about it when you're saying it. i was like yeah that's that's pretty close to, to pretty yeah. close to accurate. So I mean, because but I, I think that um, when you've seen, well, you know, Justin. Speaking of Armed Forces Day, they're going to be talking about. I mean, you actually you won Best Destruction. I was in Armed Forces Day too. I think it was with your uh, with your spiders. Yep, and got a. It was a. I think it was four and one, four and two, something yeah, like that, nice. or three and two, something like that. I was. I they're fast. I mean, it's a fast army. Don't get me wrong. And if they're play, they're they are a strategic army though so you have to know where to hit when to hit that's true you know they're not they're they're a very fragile army but you know you can kind of say the same thing about slanesh and people are going crazy over slanesh or you can say daughters of cain i mean they 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 move fast they hit hard just like spiders but they die quick so i mean yeah that's it's another it's 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 another glass cannon army yeah yeah, but they got poison. We're going to be talking about that here in a little bit. But speaking of uh, of good topics to kind of roll into to kind of warm up on the show here, gang, here we go, man. Are you staying true or are you sniffing glue? What do we got, man? What's on the uh, what's on the hobby table that you guys got out there? So, uh, you know, who wants to go first, man? Because I, I, I don't I don't want to admit where I'm at right now. Just well, you guys go first. Oh, you guys go first. So, uh, you know, I've been converting up a couple of different pieces. I've got uh, Darcian, one of the Stormcast heroes that I converted up with a Titan head. I got it up uh, on got the screen, man. We are up. showing it to the world right now. Yes, lots of pictures of that. going to put a video on YouTube here pretty soon. I can probably link it in. So if the viewers want to go in, like it, make comments, subscribe to the show, uh, feel free. But just use a lot of contrast paint, some of the technical paints, like the rust effects with like a brown background to it. Um, you know, lots of different types of washes. Uh, I did use like a, a cephalopod studio, um, which is a local guy here in Illinois who made his own acrylic based paints, but all those highlights like the blues and the um, steel, those are all his, you know, highlights. I use games workshops for the base colors. Um, but yeah, I worked on that guy and I'm starting to paint the other guy. Uh, probably not done with him yet. Going to do some um, edge highlighting and other technical stuff on the the giant head. And I think that was the Jacob Bugsman or Bugman uh, yeah. brother, Bugsman son, right. like that, yeah. right? Yeah, that was yeah. A new model. And he was the one, like, like, yeah, yeah, that was the one that just came out recently as an anniversary or Christmas time. I think right. that was like the Christmas anniversary model that Games Workshop released. So, got to finish painting him. That'll be probably next week. Chuck, those are awesome. And you, you, this is the one you kind of brought up in last week's show, right? Yeah, so the conversion process, the cleanup, the, you know, filing some of the lines down, that's what I kind of did last week. And I, I worked on Darcian uh, here and there, half hour, 45 minutes a night, try and find 20 minutes in the morning. And that's really all it is. It, it's peace in a way. It's trying to get something done. Uh, Justin is the uh, expert on the batch painting. Uh, me right now, I am just focused on like the one model at a time. Right. Um, but if you want to know how to get the army done, talk to that guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well, well, Justin, you know, the, the guy doesn't eat or sleep. You know, he's given up eating and sleeping. You know, and, and that's all he does. Is, that's all he does is paint. But, uh, but yes. Justin, what do you think, man? You're you're definitely not sniffing glue. You're you're staying true oh, to this no. hobby, man. Um, I mean, just looking at the pictures behind the background behind me, you see everything I've got going. My room is trashed right now. I've got all my KO done except for three boats and that's the ironclad and two and two dreadnoughts or that are left. And then next to me here is the next batch of dwarves that are getting ready to go into the barrel. And it's about, it's 40 miners, 40 warriors. And then I got a box below me with more dwarves in it that have to be converted off a of square bases still. And then I've started the terrain back there for armed forces day tables. Yeah, nice. I, I gotta tell you, man. Com- compared to you guys, I, I'm I'm just a freaking really just a glue sniffer. That's really about that's that's really the best I can I can offer right now. I really am. You know, it, it's funny because um I used to, I was getting better at the hobby thing. I really was, man. I'm not lying to you, but um I've really fallen off the wagon pretty hardcore. You know, I'm, what what I'm doing is I'm working on a giant army right now, and um and I just haven't really had time to sit down because you know it, it's funny when when you sit down to paint, you really want that good hour two hours you really want to kind of get into it you know and um Mm -hmm. you don't want to be like the drive-by painter you know that's just a little weird but so i really haven't had time but you know compared to you guys man i'm just a freaking glue sniffer man that's just me that's it just sniffing glue all the time high as a kite don't know what i'm doing (laughs) that's me everybody hobbies at their own pace pat there's nothing wrong with that well yeah you know i'm i'm kind of like a i'm kind of like a quadriplegic rolling downhill you know I'm, i'm really not that's my pace you know a lot of screaming pretty terrible you know, you know what? You could like pop out like ten models though in a week and a half. So you never know. It just kind of goes in ebbs and flows. Remember, yeah. two weeks ago I was having trouble, and mm-hmm. uh, then the spark hit. I'm painting a couple, and then maybe I'll take a break or work on terrain. You know, always change it up. Right. Well, I got to tell you guys, bravo to you guys, man. I mean, your, your stuff is awesome, and and you guys, you guys got talent. I I couldn't I couldn't pay someone to have for me. So good stuff, man. Well, let's <laughs> uh, let's keep the show rolling, man. And we are going to be uh, we're going to be jumping on to uh, the news here very shortly. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles and a lot more get your nerd on with six squared studios check them out at six squared studios.ca again that's six squared studios.ca six squared studios hey gang today's news is brought to you by six squared studios yep an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs six squared studios i'll say it again six squared studios so get your nerd on with six squared studios check them out at six squared studios.ca again that's six dash squared studios.ca six squared studios where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers just like their saying goes gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers six squared studios six squared studios tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds all 
we are coming into the news, man. And Justin's already confused, man. He doesn't know what the heck this rumor engine is going to be. So we're going to have to just, uh, uh, we're, we're going to have to help him out, gang, because, you know, you don't want Justin confused all the time. But, you know, here it is, man. We got the rumor engine. And I got to be honest with you, when I first looked at this thing, I couldn't tell if it was like a, a, a tentacle, maybe a tail. I mean, does that help mm-hmm. you out, Justin? Or are you still kind of lost? No, I, I'm not. I'm trying to figure out where that that's coming from because I saw that come up, and the first thing my mindset went to was that old movie Chronicles of Riddick with the thing sticking its head out of the water. I mean, wow, <sighs> that's a really cool like parallel. Okay, Chuck, can you the, beat Chronicles of Riddick? What is that, man? Uh, you know, it's definitely something demonic. I'm gonna go with that. Maybe a slaves to darkness uh, unit. Who knows? Um, especially with the most recent release from Warhammer Community, uh, we could be seeing a, a special character get his own book. Yeah, yeah. Could be a. What if that's a tale to a new demon prince? Well, maybe it could be something attached to Bellacor. But you know, I, I gotta, I gotta admit something to you there, Justin. When I started looking at this thing earlier, when it dropped today, I, I, I was. Honestly, I was I was about as perplexed as as I was staring at this thing. I was yeah. like, I was like I was like you know Al Qaeda watching baseball. I didn't know what the hell I was looking at there for a second. But I think the one thing that I I thought is uh, in really looking at it to me it, it looked like a Tyranid tail maybe you know 40k. Uh, I thought maybe it was you know it, the the colors seem to be you know kind of weirdly inverted. I mean I know it's kind of black and white, uh, and and they're not really the usual like um, Leviathan high fleet scheme of you know white and pale flesh and kind of darkish bone plates. But maybe it could be something Tyranid 40k, maybe Gene Stealer, you know, Cult Broodmother or something like that, or just yeah, you know, or or like Justin, like you said, maybe it could just be a weird ass you know demon or 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 monster or Chuck, if that's what you said. I don't right. remember, but um, I I think um I think it's something. I don't know. I, I don't. My, my mind immediately went to 40k when I first saw it. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, that I'm couldn't tell you. I mean, it's it's one of those images we get again that's crossbred. It's between the two, you know. Yeah. It's so yeah, yeah, and and um and and you know it's always nice when the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming, you know, when when our beloved Randy, you know, he chimes in and goes, "It's a tail." Thanks, Randy. I appreciate that. I mean, you've helped us all figure it out. Yes, it's a tail. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm thinking it's 40 K something definitely in that, in that realm. That's all probably. I can think of. Yeah. yeah so I'm not really sure, but we definitely know who this big bastard is, man. We got that. We got the Bellacore model that dropped, man. I mean, that's right, man. Bellacore. And, and he is getting just an incredible miniature. I mean, revealed on Monday, it looks like, um, quite the centerpiece model. And I love the fact that, uh, that, that the game is kind of going more towards that centerpiece ask type of, uh, type of a game gang. It's Bellacore, man. What do you think? Oh, we we knew this guy was coming from every rumor engine we've seen that had well, the chains and yeah. all that. I mean, and I am glad to see that he is getting the well-deserved demonhood and treatment that he needs. I mean, the guy's the size of a greater demon. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been looking at this trying to figure out just how big this thing is going to be. But, I mean, Chuck, what are your thoughts, man? It's Bellacor, dude. It is Bellacor. Um, in Warhammer Community had the video where it, it panned from left to right, showing Bellacor adjacent to a Zentrigator demon mm-hmm. uh, and a Bloodthirster. So uh, the standard Bloodthirster that is up off the ground, his head um, comes up to about the head or shoulder height. 
that's adjacent to the bloodthirster next to him. His wings are about the same height as the lower wing on that bloodthirster. So if that right. gives you any type of height indication, I also was uh, kind of looking at the base size and he doesn't look like he's on a six inch base, which would be the larger base that the new sons of Behemoth mega Gargan is on. But I okay. do believe that somebody estimated his base to be at about a hundred to maybe 110 millimeters. Yeah. Um, so I we're thought... looking anywhere from like three and three quarters to four inches. Yeah. Yeah. It looked Are... to me that he was on a hundred millimeter base for sure. I was going to say, yeah. I think aren't the mega Gargans on like the one twenties or something like that, or um, the the big base, the 120, and he, he looks like he's 100. Oh, they're on the big pie plates. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what that is off, off the top of my I head. I think it's but... the, the six-inch base or whatever it is, millimeters converted to that. Right. right. I mean, here's the yeah. thing, though. I mean, in, in looking at this model, I mean, it, you know, I really think a lot of times you're always nervous, right? It's kind of like the sequel of a movie. You never know if, they, if the company yeah. is going gonna, is gonna to do the old model any justice and make it better. But I think this extrapolation of this iconic model is – just exquisite. I mean, I, it's just unbelievable. I mean, um, it, it doesn't, and what I like most about it, and I know that, you know, everyone out there is kind of spazzing out because it's new shiny, but it doesn't unnecessarily go off the rails for the most part, and it, it retains the personality of Bellacore. And I, I really got to say, I, I, I love the way the wings are positioned. Um, I kind of like the, the way that his stance is. He kind of looks very, like, defiant. But it still looks Bellacore. It doesn't look like mm -hmm. Bellacore, you know, has been doing steroids and just got out of prison. It looks, it, it actually looks like you would think that maybe his enhancements or whatever he was trying to drive towards all these years of kind of being, like, the forgotten about, you know, wannabe uh, in the Slaves of Darkness faction, he, he's kind of arrived and going back to the model thing, uh, I, I'm assuming that he's going to be on a 100-millimeter base because when I was looking at this thing, you know, if you look at the wingspan, forget about the base here for a second, but look at the wingspan. I would say that that wingspan itself, if you really look at it, is probably about the same size as a corn demon or mm -hmm. Magnus the Red from, from 40K. So think about the size in that regard of, say, how, how this model is going to look on the tabletop. This is going to be a big damn model, man. And so right. I, I really can't wait for the fluff. I mean, you know, with this model, the way it's coming out, the way it looks, gang, come, you know, the fluff of this thing is going to be just through the roof. Absolutely. They could, they could dedicate a book to them. I mean, essentially, if that is their well, goal, end all goal. They are dedicating a book to them, Chuck. Yeah. Just so that you know, the third book in the, in the Broken Realms is titled Bellacor. Nice. Well, and, and 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 Chuck, I like I like the fact that that you you picked up on the book part because mm -hmm. I think these these books and I, I think that's the one thing Age of Sigmar did right from the beginning. You know, yeah, maybe when the game came out, it was a little clunky, it was a little weird. Pull out whatever model you want, no points, and then it's kind of on a graduated scale, gotten better over the years. But I think the one thing that they did right right around Age of Sigmar one point five was they start introducing these backstories, like the olden days, back with like Black Library and all the great, mm -hmm. you know, you know, books. But, you know, when you had things like um, you know, the, the early Stormcast, you know, uh the the uh drawn a blank, the gates, uh the uh the um the storyline about the uh the, the, the gates and that led into Malign Portance. And then mm -hmm. from Malign Portance now we have Malarian, that whole, you know, the broken realms. I think what they're doing with these stories is is just a great enhancement to the game the fluff, the lore, and I, I, I think, you know, um, that's going to drive a lot of this. But but speaking of the, of the fluff and the lore, and this is going to kind of play in a little bit to our question of the day, which we're going to be getting at here in a little bit. 
But what I love that GW is doing, and guys, tell me if you guys have picked up on this. The basis to me of what the fluff is right now in the game is look at the comparisons that they're making between more godlike or ascending to godlike type models. I mean, look at what they're doing now with, the, with, with this comparison to, in the storyline of Broken Realms, Bellacor. You know, he's smashing onto the scene to maybe try to take some of the limelight from Marathi, who had to ascend. Bellacor is ascending. You know, if you look at um, in the recent Hammer Hall that came out, I think it was earlier last week, you had the the, the whole title piece was Nagash versus Teclis. You know, that whole thing is, is spicing up again. And you're kind of seeing this pantheon of gods, if you will, so, you know, lower gods, or however you want to put it, getting ready to really kind of duke it out. And I think that's something that I think a lot of people are going to, I think it's going to evolve into great interest with the community. I mean, let's face it. I mean, mythology and Greek lore have been around for thousands and thousands of years, and that's pretty much the basis of what they do. So, I mean, did you guys pick up on that or no? Yeah, we're, we're seeing the, the consignment of gods, basically just trying to wipe each other out or get their pecking order back in place, so to speak. That's right. You yeah. know, it's, it, it's, it's more fun for them to, to send the mortals to do their bidding while they, you know, when they were establishing their set uh, setups now, but now that everybody's fighting, it's, well, Hey, we might, we need to sh- actually show up. Right. Right. I mean, I, I hope one thing that we don't lose in the story arcs with, uh, the ascension of the greater generals and, and demigods that we had before is the, the basis for the game. I, I still want it to be like a playable game that you don't have to have, like the big greater demon with all of his little greater demon minions running around, you know, in order to, to play the book and, and just, you know, to put a little flashlight limelight on one of the areas that, that was foretold in was that original Hedonites of Slanesh book when you could like make everybody strike last, you can alpha strike charge in with your army. I know it's kind of a glass cannon army, but like, in the average person's hands, if they had those bigger models, man, they were running the table, you know? Yeah. So are you also then, Chuck, are you also worried a little bit about rules bloat that might come into the game too? Uh, it, yes, to a, to an extent. I mean, that's always an issue that you don't want to have overwhelm the players or uh, at like an event or a friendly tournament or just playing with a friend. Like, I don't want to have to pull out, you know, six FAQs and seven books in order to figure out or figure out a rule. Like, but I think that's what's nice about Age of Sigmar, and this is to give it a compliment. Mm-hmm. We do have a yearly update that we can get for 20, 25 bucks. Uh, it's online too, General's Handbook and stuff like that. Uh, consolidation of points, and as long as that refresh is there, and and we're seeing everything kind of uh, toned down and included in those books, so that we can run it with one or two books i'm i'm happy with that yeah yeah that's a great way to put that and, yeah. and I, I think i'm right there with you justin what you're gonna say i was gonna say a little bit of hero hammer is okay but we don't need full-blown hero hammer again yeah and the reason why i asked that is because the point that chuck was making it kind of fed into that right because you know whenever you have a yeah. greater lore indulgence right when you got more books and mm-hmm. a deeper you know lore base you know, generally that happens. I mean, look, look at Warhammer Fantasy Battles. They had 30-plus right. years or 35-plus years of lore, and crap, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't flick a booger in that game without rolling six dice and checking permission and you watch twice. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, a, it was a pretty rules-bloaty game. So, But, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to see. All I know right now, though, is that I really love this model. But, gang, I, I purposely did this. I held on to the intro to the question of the day here because I knew we were, we were getting to, to Bellacor. And uh, so here it is. Here is the question of the day. Don't answer it now, or, or we're going to send Bellacor after you. 
So with the reveal of Bellacor and his upcoming story, do you think GW is returning to chaos as the main villain faction in Age of Sigmar? So that's the question of the day. Kind of hold your answers uh, back uh, for uh, for that a little bit later. But, gang, what do you think, man? Anything more to say on uh, Bellacor at all? No, nah, we'll answer it at the end. All right, man. We are going to definitely do that. <laughs> Public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. We got arachnophobia in the house, man, and we're going to be talking about uh, them, them little goblins and, uh, and and riding them spiders. So we're going to be getting right into this. But yeah, as, we, as you guys heard us talk about at the beginning of the show, uh, we were talking about the Tome Celestial out of the White Dwarf number 459, 459 on that one. And uh, and here it is, man, the Spider Fang. We're going to be we're going to be touching on that whole unit right out of the Grim. Uh, I keep saying Grimdark Live. I don't know what that why I keep doing that, other than I really enjoy the show and it sounds eerily close to gloom spite gets it all starts the same and just kind of molds together folks sorry about that all right so uh the spider fang so the grim scuttle tribes here it is so so let's get rolling um so if you're familiar with the last two subfaction releases in the white dwarf like we briefly mentioned earlier today the pattern the pattern for this release it it follows pretty close to to what we've all kind of come to expect from the previous two you know i.e the squigs the trogoths mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff um, and as before, this faction is focused on one specific group of units in the Gloomspite Gets Battle Tome. And while it doesn't restrict you to, I guess, use just those units, of course, the new battle traits heavily emphasize a list that, that leans on them, i.e. spiders, uh, to get the most effect, right? I mean, is that is that a good way to yes. kind of set up this conversation here, folks? For, for anybody that no. hasn't actually listened or, or read the, uh, the White Dwarf 459. No, perfect yeah. way to set it up. Yeah. So, so Chuck, Justin, here it is. In, in, in this case, with the Spider Fang as the, as the main unit for this thing, uh, I really think that this faction really shines with what they've done here with the Grim Scuttle tribe. I mean, mm-hmm. overall, the faction, other than being, you know, dedicated to the, just the spider theme itself, seems to be focused on anti-magic powers, which is one thing that I picked up on right away, which certainly can be very useful, because I think where the meta is right now, 
is very magic heavy. I think we're slowly getting into shoot hammer here pretty soon, is my prediction. But for right now in this particular game, I think we're very imbued to magic. So I think anything they're going to offer up anti-magic, and we're going to be talking about that here a little bit later and how that works, I think is a mm-hmm. good thing. Although the, 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 two, the two allegiance abilities, and I'm going off my memory here, is the the de- the, the, uh, the Def Grats of Shaiish and the uh, the Drawn to the, the Aether Glow are the right. ones, I believe, that give you the kind of the yin and yang on that um, anti-magic thing. But guys, what, w- what was your first thoughts when, when you kind of read through the Grim Scuttle uh, spider, spider Fang tribe? They're pretty scary. I mean, this, <laughs> yeah. they're just, I, I mean, the reading that like we read the lore and we were talking about that a little bit and you're, you're finding out that they're just worshiping these all devouring creatures from void and things of that matter, or it's completely on their heads, which it might be, but they're endless. They're just, they're, yeah. they harvest, they harvest eggs. They, they raise these spiders from, from babies into these gigantic, enormous war machines that can just jump through anything it's right. crazy right well i mean so so chuck what are your thoughts when you first read through it and you're first looking at this article in, in this this tome celestial in 459 so i think it the army has a little bit of a flavor for everything and that's what's going to make it appealing to either a new player or a player who's got like an old spider fang army uh we've got abilities that allow for re-rolls an ability that allows for uh, like feigned flight where you charge in and you retreat, but you can still oh, yeah. do an action later. Mm-hmm. Um, three, there's a bravery debuff ability. Um, yeah. Then there's also a command trait where you can take advantage of the uh, light of the bad moon for your entire army. Yeah. And it, doesn't have a range it doesn't say holy within it doesn't say one great? unit within 12 inches correct so it's like your bad moon gets to the peak of the table it's over both parts or all four parts at one time and you get enhancements for everything throughout mm-hmm. in addition yeah. to the battalions i mean we've got a couple of battalions to look at too yeah and there's three of them but you know something actually right. chuck you got the ball rolling pretty good on this one and, and, and what yeah. i want to do now is um, I kind of want to start with the things that I think are, are good. I think everything in this in this article is good, uh, kind of like what Justin said. But what I'm saying is I kind of want to start where uh, I think is the, is the least impactive but probably the most potent. And I know that doesn't make any sense right now, but I want to go back to the magic-resistant thing because sure. um, and when, when, we, when, we, when we mentioned before the Def Grats of Shaiish and drawn to the, uh, the Aether Glow, so what this basically is is each time you know when 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 we're when we're talking about the specific one the Def Grats of Shaiish, this one really kind of caught my eye because when you talk about what it's going to be the sustainability right of this mm-hmm. army is each time a, a Grim Scuttle Spider Fang unit is affected by a spell you can roll a die, and on a five plus you can ignore any wounds inflicted by that spell. I mean. The reason why I think this is great, anytime you get a ward save is a great thing. And I think it's pretty decent because if your opponent brings a lot of magic, which I just said before, I think that's where this meta is right now. It negates yeah. the whole thing rather than negating one wound for each five plus like a like a standard ward save does. Because again, basically on a five plus, it ignores any wounds inflicted by that. And I think that's kind of the unsung hero even though and the reason why i said it's 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 less impactful but more potent because it's not going to be something that's going to help you throughout the majority of the game right because spells have ranges oh, oh, and casting oh, but values. it is right okay but it is okay because if, if when you read it 
it's your choice if you want to let the spell activate against you or not. You have the choice right. of rolling the dice. So some of the other abilities actually tie into it, especially with the new update to the bad moon, the, the loon shrine. Okay. If you if you need yeah. a spell to wipe your unit out, you let it happen. Well, yeah, but but not see, that's, dice. But see what I'm. What's the beauty part about that? Like I was saying before, is it gives you that choice, right? I mean, right, right, and that's that's the power of that one. Is it's the choice and it's total effect. Yeah. So it's not just, and that's the nice thing about it is you can say, okay, I'm going to let the, the spell blow my unit up because I want to get half of it back through the Loon Shrine, or it's in a key location right now and I'm going to negate it or attempt to negate it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, I think like, we, like we said before, the two things that help this army negate uh, magic, I think the second one here is, is equally as, as potent, but it, it kind of does things right. kind of in an opposite way. I mean, that's uh the the dawn of the the aether glow and and, and this ability mm -hmm. i think if you couple it or put or put it with uh skitter strand which um is 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 only one unit i i get that unfortunately but um you can re-roll all hits against priests and wizards and i just want to say keep that in mind because if you couple that with skitter strand they can deep strike and uh, allowing you to really take time plan your attacks find that opening in in your opponent's army to, to hit their spellcasters and like we said mm -hmm. before we know that these spiders are quick they mm -hmm. can ignore terrain and so you can pretty much get up on that that nuisance of a wizard that nuisance of a priest whatever and and take it out or potentially uh you know dwindle it down to the point to where it's at least manageable so right i think i think this you know, and I know that when we talk about you know the the the, the tome celestial of the squigs, the tome the, the one for the trogoths, they all did neat stuff, but I'm really shocked that people aren't really paying more attention to this one because I think what this has done for the spider fang faction far mm, outweighs yeah. what it did for the trogoths or the squigs. That's just oh, that's yeah. just my opinion here. But I mean, Chuck, what were you going to say? What what are your thoughts on that? One? I, I was going to say, I mean, if you look at the average hero that is taken that has the keyword wizard, because most of them aren't priests, it's mostly wizard. True. Um, yeah. you, you may be finding yourself able to reroll attacks against a third to forty percent of the heroes out there. Most people are taking wizard-based heroes to enhance or cast spells in conjunction with other units. I mean, yes, there's a select few uh, melee heroes that are there but it's mostly wizards mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, and you know even even with my beloved ogres i mean I'm, I'm finding myself right now if i'm taking gut busters many times the general of my army is a butcher so yeah. what, what you said right there chuck is 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 spot on and i think overall gang I, th I think the army build with this white dwarf is really good and i i think it's kind of a missed gem so I, i'm going to say everyone out there that's listening and, and and paying attention to the show whether whether or not you're directly a destruction player or even a spider fang player gloom spite gets this is something you really want to take a look at you know because i think this could now when we talk about tournaments right we usually talk about rtts or gts or something like that but i think you could take this list 2000 point list which we which i gotta tell you guys chuck and justin put up some great lists that we're gonna be looking at here later on in the show uh but i think you could take either one of the lists that these guys came up with in any one of the builds with the battalions and go to any rtt uh, and probably go two and one or three and zero. Oh. You can probably go to a GT and easily go four and one, maybe three and two if 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 you're on you know kill points or something like that or battle points or something mm -hmm. like that. But I would say overall, this is a good list. This is a good good army. But um, moving on, 
<laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to get on my soapbox and pontificate so much, but following the same pattern, and I want to get to this because I really want to hear what you guys have to say on this one. So following the same pattern as the last two Gloomspite factions, so players of the Gloomspite gets, you can swap out the, and, and, and Justin, I'm kind of piggybacking off what you said. That's why I'm bringing this up right now. You can swap out the Moon right. Shrine's ability to restore a destroyed unit of Spider Fang, mm-hmm. of, of Moon Clan Grotz, I guess, on a 4+, plus in, in, instead to uh, uh, apply to Spider Riders. So in the right. base book, you can only do that with Grotz. Now you can actually take Spider Riders if their general has the Spider Fang keyword. That is right, isn't it, Justin, or something like that? They have to have the Spider yeah. Fang keyword? Yeah, so as long as they are friendly Spider Riders that have been destroyed and your general is the Spider Fang, which turns them to battle line, right. your your shrine now can bring them back on a 4+. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is the only Spider Fang unit with more than one model in it, hence why it's 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 much more sp- specific. I mean, when, when you're thinking about that, that's pretty much your entire army. Well, you're bringing back a two-wound two spider. Exactly, yeah. That... Yeah does has all of its abilities to fly charge avoid terrain and all the other abilities that come with being a spider right <laughs> so right in addition that we've got the stacking abilities with if they attack uh magic users a five plus immune save um right. and the we didn't really touch on pretty that uh the bad moon itself when it enhances the abilities of the spiders but that's always something to keep in mind if you're burning that well, command point that in order to chuck let me you know let us you know teach us Okay, so, but basically, what happens with, looking through here, I believe the uh, poison attack for the spider itself is mm-hmm. increased by one. Is that correct, yeah, so, Justin? so instead of a six plus, it's a five plus, right? It's, it's a five a, plus. It hits on a five instead of a six, depending yeah, on yeah. the moon is in what quarter is. So if you use the profit and it affects the entire table, now all your spiders are hitting with poisons on fives. Mm-hmm. Yep. Table so, one. I mean, you imagine that you do that on a unit of 20 that's in combat. If it gets, you know, if you attack first with it, but then it gets destroyed on a four up, you still bring that unit back, pop it out of the mountain or your uh, moon that's in your table deployment zone. Um, I mean, it just offers another hurdle or hoop for the opponent to jump through, and it's a fallback for you. Right. So, I mean, when we talk about the units that that can make up, say, the Grimscuttle tribes, I want to mm-hmm. kind of back up on this because I, I, I want to round out what you guys were saying. It, yeah. It's a small but fun and, and, and can be tough list of options. And, and this is, you know, folks, for, for what you just heard Justin and Chuck kind of describe, this is what we're saying. There's seven units in total on this thing, I believe. Now, something like that, yeah. Two are data sheets yeah. for the same unit, obviously. I get that. Uh, with, with different loadouts and, and two are on foot and mounted version of a hero and blah, blah, blah. But when we talk about the seven units, I want you guys to put this in your brains and think about what, what you really can do, the dynamics and, and the different list builds you can do with this. you got the Scuttle Boss on the Giant Spider. You have the Web Spinner Shaman. You have the Web Spinner Shaman on an Arachnorak Spider. I might need mm-hmm. you guys' help. So, well, okay, I know we got the Spider Riders. <laughs> we have... Good. The Arachnorok spider with spider fang. Is it War Party or War? It's war, yeah, War Party. And then war we have party. Yep. the yeah. Arachnorok spider with a flinger, and yep. and the Skitter Strand Arachnorok. Skitter Strand. Right. Yes. How about that? That's My brain the, hurts right now. I think I sprained a brain muscle, guys. That hurt. 
<laughs> um, you have three variations, actually four variations of the Arachnarok in, yeah, in the right, army. So right, right. So I mean, keep it keep in mind that you know here later on the show when we look over the lists, you know we're going to be talking about this, but that's seven good to fairly good units that you can mm-hmm. build this 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 army build on. That this the, when we talk about the, the Grim Scuttle tribes that are already pretty darn good. So, um, so in our thoughts, and, and I know we earlier, we, we mentioned this a little bit ago, when we talked about the, the Gits of Shaiish, uh, at the intro of the show, when we kind of talked about that, I think a player still needs to be careful. All right. I, I know I'm kind of putting this on a hype train here, but I think they need to be careful with these mechanics of the army, because I don't want you to think you have fool's gold here. So keep in mind that, uh, you know, when we talk about this for later. But when we look over the a, a list here later in the show, because the army has a mandatory artifact called the um, the Shaishan Spider Sigils, I, right. I think that's what it's called. Yep. Um, if you're a player, I wouldn't recommend playing this as written. And Justin, I, I can already see you want to jump through and, and answer this, but let me, let me kind of set it up for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, then I'm going to punt the ball to you on this one and explain why I'm saying I don't think you should play this as written. So the artifact, it does grant a negative one bravery to the enemy units within six inches of the bearer. Now, who's the bearer? A hero, maybe your general, something to that effect. Uh, and plus one bravery to friendly spider fang units within 12 inches of the bearer. That's pretty good. What makes me nervous is the six inches uh, in front of the enemy unit that the bearer has to be. And I understand uh, that that this can be helpful for gloom spites due to their their extremely poor bravery. I get all that and all that minutia stuff, especially for spider riders. However, I wouldn't utilize this benefit uh, or the benefit, I should say, of this art of this artifact in an early portion of the game. So what I'm saying here is nothing before the bottom of the third round, uh, and that's for sure. Because you know, you, a lot of times I've seen spider players get in trouble because their army moves so fast and at such great distances that they're in combat by the second round and half their army is dead. And they think, oh, this army's terrible. I think you got to be have a little bit more patience with this army in order to in order to win. It's it's like we say all the time on Grimdark Live: is it the army or the general? Or sometimes that army's got some gears. It's like a stick shift car, and you gotta you gotta work through it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say anything. I would I wouldn't even press the issue on this anytime before the bottom of the third for sure. The hero in this army and all of them are are sort of squishy. And and what I'm saying is, is you know, six inches from the enemies can be can be pretty dangerous. All right, Justin, there. I, I wanted to clear the air for you. What are your thoughts? Actually, the artifact's pretty useful. Um, sure it is. It, 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 well, and let me explain why. Is It is the secondary half of the Loon Shrine. So basically, the Loon Shrine has a six-inch or 12-inch bubble around it, wholly within your immune to battle shock. Right. This is the exact same thing with this, but it's on your general, who's now bouncing around the table. Okay with your units so now you've got roving spider hordes that are immune to battle shock right they, okay so that's not a bad thing simply because of how low the bravery is on spiders okay they take casualties and they are gone and i totally agree with you what i'm saying is okay well chuck what are you going to say before i, I keep meandering on I mean, are are you talking about like burning command points to make your unit immune to battle shock? No, no, they're, this they're just immune. Go ahead. This artifact just makes them immune. But what I'm saying is, in the in 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 the dissertation of the game, you don't want to put your hero six inches too early in the game from an enemy unit, because there's a real likelihood that that hero, if against certain 
certain enemy units, it's not really making it out of there too great. And, and I'll give you the example where I think there, there's there's a difference in mechanics. Or, or Chuck, mm. did you have anything to say before I kept going? No, I'm, I mean, I'm just seeing that the item just adds one to the previous characteristic of Spider Fang units wholly within 12 inches, not immune to Battleshock. In terms of what I mean by immune, is it instead of them running away when you were like, okay, you lose, you have a unit of 15 guys, you lose six. Mm-hmm. Now you're six plus a die six, and that's that's how many more are going just because your bravery is a four. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so reducing, that, reducing that die roll to keeping that unit there or not there is right. the big play as to the way this army works with the returning of the units and things of that matter. So immunity to battle shock, if you need a 15-man unit of spiders to hold, yeah, you burn a command point or you just let them take the hit. Okay, you know? and, and, and what I'm, I'm, not, I'm not debating so much, and Justin, you make a great point, but I'm not debating that, that the artifact isn't good. What I'm saying is that the artifact can fool certain players to thinking that there's survivability to that artifact, and there really mm-hmm. isn't. Yeah, right. okay, you're getting negative one bravery to enemy units within six inches of the bear. The bearer, a squishy hero in a spider fang unit, has to be within six inches of an enemy unit. And, and I'll tell you where, where things like this work for some armies, where other things don't. In, in the Ogre Maw tribes, for instance, another destruction army, they have mm-hmm. a delivery method that we like to talk about called for the, you know, d- to deliver your iron guts. Iron Guts, we all know, can hit harder than Winter on Welfare. We get that. But you can take a mount trait for a, a Huskard and a Thunder Tusk called Avagar Ancient. And what that does is is enemy units that are within three inches of the Thunder Tusk fight last. So what you do is you go literally nut to butt. You put your Thunder Tusk right behind your, your Iron Guts. The Iron Guts walk up to some unit that they got that they want to get rid of. That unit can't fight because it's within three inches of a Thunder Tusk. The Iron Guts completely wipe them out because they can't mm-hmm. fight until the end of the combat phase because of this mount trait. In you know in a, in a, in a similar way. Now obviously this here this artifact here that that we're that we're talking about uh, the 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 Shaitan Spider Sigilus isn't that potent. I get it, but you could see where you could get away with that with really husky, high wound, tough ogres. You put a, a spider fang hero six inches away from an enemy unit before the middle of the third round, you're probably asking for trouble you won't know how to deal with if something goes wrong. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you can't You really use your hero as uh, like a tomahawk missile right into the middle of the enemy. Like, I think Justin had a, a point earlier when he was saying this is more of like a surgical strike army. So when you feel that you have like an advantage on a flank, Using that item would just give your unit a higher ability to survive, right? Versus you know sitting on that leadership of four or five, and then you know, Pat, you got a good point with the scuttle boss on gigantic spider. He's a he's got a four plus save, six wounds, uh, not too many attacks, and he, you know even if he had a five plus immune to like a spell ability that the army rules give him, right? Um, the grim scuttle base rules. I don't really think that improves his survivability that much i mean he is sort of survivable but we don't really have a good way to heal him or keep him around if he's going to get pepper sprayed with shooting or a big spell 
Yeah. Well, like there's, Mortal there, there's other abilities that you can put on the mount because you do get a mount trait for the uh, for the spider. One of them being tough, tough and leathery, which increases the wounds characteristic by two. Sure. So now okay. he's eight. So now he's eight wounds. Yeah, but but you know something like a, a good Seraphon army could could anyway. And I think we're oh, yeah, yeah. the point. But all I'm saying is that it's it's a fantastic artifact. But you, I would think that don't think that it's going to be the end all be all and get right, you in there right, right away. You're still a squishy hero. But let's keep rolling right. with this thing. So. Let's talk about the mandatory command trait when we talk about the scrim cuddle scrim the, the grim scuttle tribes. Ugh. Um is that hard for anyone else to say? Because I'm like botching the hell out of that here. I don't I don't know what's wrong. But let's talk about the mandatory command trait here. Uh which I think is a is a real good one. And this is Prophet of the Spider God. Um and this is for a Grim Scuttle web spinner shaman, specifically. So basically this is once per game, I believe it's once per game. During mm-hmm. the combat phase, you can activate this trait, and it'll give all Spider Fang units on the entire battlefield the light of the bad moon. Now, this is what you were talking about before, Justin. That's why I wanted to right. get that other one out of the way. Uh, but it'll, it'll give all of those Spider Fang units on the entire tabletop, no range, the light of the bad moon, even if it's disappeared from the game. Now, that's the one thing that kind of caught my attention. I think this is a very good trait, and I don't really see any real restrictions that would uh that would that would hold the you, you've got a, you've got choices to use this one this command there trait. there actually is a restriction on it and there okay. then there's one glaring problem with it is it says that it's a web spinner shaman general the problem is if you take a web spinner shaman as your general spider riders are not battle line really okay there yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah, you, right. ha- you you have to take a loon a boss on giant spider as the general to get them as battle line. So it's not a mandatory command trait to take uh, because of that fact. And it, I mean, it's, it is if you take a shaman as your general, but yeah, but other than that, it's, it's actually kind of a, it's a nice ability to have, but you're limiting yourself because then you actually have to put foot soldiers on the table. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, let's, let's look at this though, coupled with the relevant buffs for, for the, you know, for a spider fang list, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your general, your general generates an additional command point in the battle phase. Your wizards get plus one to casting. Right. Uh, your spider fang, spider venom will activate on a five plus rather than a six plus. That's what Chuck brought up earlier. Right. You know, coupled with all of that, I mean, it, 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 you're cooking with gas with this list. Oh, no, saying, you, right? you, you are cooking with gas with this list. It's just, it, it limits what your battle line actually is. If you're trying to build an all spider no, no. army. Well, I mean, you'd want an all spider list in this, in this build anyways. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So you, so you're actually not going to have that command trait. That one isn't mandatory with this list. I thought it nope. was mandatory. Okay. All right. Nope. So, so then, so then maybe, maybe you segue out of that one, but it is, I think it's a very good command trait regardless. I would think you'd, you'd want to have that. Yeah. You, you, it, I I would have to see if there was a clarification somewhere, be it FAQ or whatever, if the Arachnorok spider version of him makes those battle line. But I believe the only thing that makes them battle line is the actual uh, goblin on giant spider. Okay. All right. Well, folks, if you if you guys can clarify for that, clarify us on that. Uh, uh, leave that. Uh, leave those comments down in the uh, the, the, the notes I was of the show. Just just looking through it, and okay. uh, on on page one eleven, it says if your army is spider fang. Okay. Uh, that's the key word, and both of those units—the scuttle boss on giant spider and web spinner shaman on arachnorok spider—both have spider fang mm-hmm. as a keyword. 
And Chuck just clarified it. There See, you go. I have my book now, so Chuck can't be the smartest person in the class anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. He's over there, he's over there doing the smarty pants dance. Now well, I'm no, that, I mean, too. it's a good question. I mean, you no. would want two different heroes to give you that ability so that you can have more flexibility in building your army. I mean, no. not everybody wants to take the boss. Now, all of a sudden, if we can take the big caster on a giant spider, we have a, more wounds. We have the ability to cast and dispel. There's just a little bit more flexibility with that one. He's not as cheap. He's over twice as much, almost three times as much. But, uh, you know, it's it's just another option for players out there. But, you know, Chuck, I think I would pay that. I think that's, yeah. I think that's a wise yeah. choice. I think that's a great. I think that's a great idea, Chuck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to have an on-call ability to turn the moon on. Oh Heck yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But here's something. All right, now you guys got me thinking, which is a dangerous thing. But I just had a thought. In, in the overall Gloomspite army, the six gifts of the Gloomspite um, is reserved for the generals that are Moon Clan wizards. So if they're a Moon mm-hmm. Clan wizard and a general, they get these six gifts of the gloom spite um now which which is basically reserved for the madcap shaman and the fungoid cave shaman right so Mm -hmm. hang with me on this real quick the spider fang wizards do not have the moon clan keyword as i seem to recall they Uh, don't believe they do actually so man making me look having a look this up again my my question here to you guys Uh, is does this hurt them Fungoid Cave Shaman. They have the Moon Clan. The Madcap mm-hmm. Shaman has the Moon Clan. But if you look right. at the Spider Fang Wizards, they do not have the Moon Clan keyword. Hmm. They must have like the Spider Fang keyword then. Mm-hmm. So my question is, when you when you look at the six, six gifts of the of the Gloom Spite that's reserved for generals that are that are Moon Clan wizards. Do, does not being able to tap into those do you think hurts them? I don't think so. I mean, they got enough. They got enough extra bonuses here with, you know, their their five plus ignore spe- spells and hunting wizards and teleportations yeah. and yeah. all the other stuff they can do. I don't think they need that. No, I mean, but I, I guess when I was when I was when I was when we were getting ready to talk about this army, I kind of started to really notice that there are some stark appliable differences in the different units right. and if you take the six marks right i believe they're the six marks of the uh spider god's favor or, or yeah I, I think it's i think it's called the six marks of the spider god's favor is only for scuttle bosses so that's the boss on the on the great big spider that chuck i think you were just you were just talking about right. yes um right. but not the arachnorock spider so there's some there's some things that I think yeah you know, and what what reason why I bring this up guys is you you were talking about earlier that uh, you know staying with different command traits and everything in this you know white dwarf 459 versus the base book and I was just kind of looking at you know tying things together that were either you know still a positive or still a negative form but um, mm-hmm. but yeah so that's 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 you know that's what I was thinking when you guys were when you guys were talking so I mean they, they, have, they have a great amount of options though that's so they can fill many battle roles out yes. there and that's what makes them remarkably good Oh yeah, because they, yeah. they can just, you can cater a hero to a battle role. Absolutely. With, can. Some, with some, with some of the abilities and still include them in a skitter swarm or something of that manner and make them good. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we're going to be looking at that here uh, very shortly. We're going to be looking at uh, the units and, and some lists that you guys came up with and kind of talking a little bit more uh, in depth about um, about the Grim Scuttle tribe, man. So good stuff. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice-chucking, glue-sniffing gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends, as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show, The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. All right, we are are back to talk about more spirits. Spiders, and we got the Grim Scuttle tribes here on Grim Dark Live. See, I got all the names right this time. Um, uh, but let's let's take a step back, you know, based off of what we were just talking about here, and let's digest the bigger picture here on this army. Um, the Spider Fang think that, and for any of you guys that don't know anything about the lore, it really one of the one of the best lore books as far as army books uh, in Age of Sigmar to read is, is the is the Gloom Spite Gets book. This one right here that, that Chuck was showing off because he's so smart. Um, so <laughs> there he is again. So, uh, but let's take a step back and take a look at the bigger picture here on this army. The spider fang, they, they think that uh, a giant spider bit Gorkamorka's toe. And in turn, the spider became infused with power. The bad moon is a spider egg. And if only mm-hmm. they could get it to hatch, pop, whatever, the world would be covered in spiders. So that, that's kind of the, the basic motivation of these little bastards as they're riding around. So, yeah, crazy. But, but it's a great, I, folks, you just, you great just can't story, though. Great stuff. But there's, 
there's already in, in the base army a very viable army in itself. I mean, I know we're kind of talking about, you know, White Dwarf 459 and the Tome Celestial there, but um, just look at some of the, the, the innate things that the army already offers. And when we talk about spiders specifically, you've got, you know, the command traits, you've got monstrous mount that, that uh, uh, I believe Justin just brought up before, where you can double the, the number of mortal wounds on the spider venom ability uh, of, the, of the scuttle boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got artifacts. There's there's six venomous valuables for for any spider fang hero. So all of those spider fang heroes. Um, when you look at the the totem of the spider god, uh, this is the the friendly spider fang units wholly within 12 inches uh, trigger a spider venom on an unmodified five plus. That's what Chuck was talking about earlier. Uh, to hit instead, uh, rather than on on their six plus. So and it stacks with the bad moon, so it's a four plus when the moon's above them. Exactly. So, and and not to and not to not to boot on this one. I kind of thought about this after we were talking about the wizards, but the spider fang wizards get a dedicated lore of magic. They get their own lore, and a, a spell well suited, in my opinion, when I was kind of looking through this uh, for the grim scuttle, is gift of the spider god. This heals d6 wounds on a spider fang monster within 12 inches. So this kind of, in a way, could could maybe kind of subrogate what I said earlier about that six inch. You know, if you're if you're able to heal your your main character while he's there six inches from an enemy unit, that might give you a little stability. But guys, what do you guys think about the base army? I mean, there's already a lot to build off of here, besides moving into this this tome celestial here. So what do you guys think? Yeah, they're they're. That base army alone, you got speed, you got hitting ability, you've got abilities to modify their poisons to make them hit harder. You have some ranged attacks because I believe they can take bows in mm-hmm. on their spider on the spider riders as well. Right. And then you have heroes that can do everything that the spider riders can the spider the actual riders can do mm-hmm. plus more. Right. And then the giant spider, the giant arachnorocks that are in a couple of different flavors there being one, one's a hero, a couple of them are flingers, which can bind up your uh, units and make them strike last or have them minusing to hit, depending on if the flinger hits them. And then you got skitter strands, which are teleporting spiders, deep, strike Teleport, spiders, man. deep, deep striking arachnorocks, which that's freaking scary. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know the reason why I brought this up to kind of kind of get this next segment going is, you know, Chuck, you said something on the break was you played this army for about a year. I mean, so you have real time experience with this thing. I mean, talk a little bit to that man. I mean, you you got you you got miles on this army, man. Let's talk about it. So some of the things you know be, that the army faces, which this tome celestial, the Grim Scuttle helps alleviate, are the issues with the randomness of the the moon. Um, You have to roll a dice to make sure it goes over the battlefield. If it's not on the certain quarter or segment you need it on, uh, it's not going to be as good. So that ability to uh, make the light of the moon affected over the entire battlefield is a very good one. It it may require some timing, but I do think that that is a, a good move. Um, also, the ability to have the five plus and vulnerable to spells is one of those uh, reliable, at least somewhat reliable, you know, 33% chance to ignore um, the spell effect right. uh, in your back pocket. So I always had trouble sometimes with that. Um, I maybe wish that there was a way to improve the four plus returning the unit out of the shrine down to a three. I think that would help improve a little bit more reliability. But again, if we're taking units of 20 spiders or more, um, if possible, 
the opponent's really not going to want to see half of that back. So yeah, in order to right. increase that die roll, right. Um, but that's where your charity reroll comes in. Mm-hmm. That's right. If the Armed Forces Day Four, man, and, and support the Montford Port Marines, yeah, you you pay that uh, you pay that five bucks, you get a free D six reroll for anything you want to use in the game, except for the initiative roll. So well, the nice thing about the Loon Shrine too is that the four plus reroll to bring the unit back is at the end of every one of your turns, so it's not just a one shot wonder. Right. Yeah. Right. So. And and honestly, I, I really think that the Grim Scuttle is is really just a welcome enhancement to to this army. And um, you know, I know that that GW didn't release any new kits for the for the Spider Fang, so I think this brings new life into this army build. But the reason why I kind of wanted to bring up kind of where the army is outside of this this Tome Celestial is it's a it's a pretty darn good and fun army to play just on its lonesome. Uh, you know, I mean, Chuck is a good testament of that. So. But let's get back to the Grim Scuttle. Um, let's build an army that, that may start with the battalions. And we're going to be looking at some lists here very shortly that both Chuck and Justin put together, and they're going to be talking on here in a little bit. But in speaking of battalions, and, and I'm kind of rolling on this one because, again, we, we kind of thought that we didn't, uh, we, didn't, we didn't give enough attention to some of the more uh, building blocks that we want to get to. So, so here it is. Here's the battalions. Um, no super battalions. We're not going to talk about any of those, thank God, because they don't have any of those in 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 this uh, this this particular. It's never worked anyway. But right. the three of them, they're all pretty good, all around at around 140 points. Um, so they're they're reasonably priced. But let's start with the first one off the off the cuff here, and that's the Grim Scuttle Spider Cluster. So this thing is two to four Grim Scuttle Arachnorock Spider units in any combination that you want. And this particular uh, battalion gives the units plus one to hit rolls for melee attacks for units within the battalion. It really is a sweet bonus, and one they I think they they need pretty badly as far as what I think what this army needs. I think they need that plus one, as their attacks have you know pretty sad to hit rolls. I mean they're they they're 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 paled by the destruction curse of you know four plus. So. Um, what are your thoughts, guys? That's the first battalion. What do you think? Or, or shoot on any battalion. That, that's the one I'm bringing up. What do you guys think? So, so the cluster is a nice change over from the initial one from the Grim Spite, which was the, the Arachnorock Spider Cluster. Um, they did two major changes to it that make this the, 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 the Grim Scuttle better, in my opinion. Is One, they removed um, the Skitter Strand requirement from it now it's just it's grim it's arachnorock straight you don't have to take the additionals and then it's a plus one it's a plus one to the hit rolls not a re-roll so i I, i'm sorry are you talking about the grim scuttle skittles skitter swarm yeah okay no no i'm talking about the cluster the cluster is the cluster okay yeah i'm sorry i lost you gotcha sorry there's there's two versions of the cluster there's the 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 grim scuttle version which is two to four arachnoroks that gives you a plus one to hit. Sure. And then there's the Arachnorox spider cluster that has two to four Arachnorox plus a skitter swarm or a skitter, uh, skitter strand, but it's only a reroll. Oh, so you're talking about the, the third battalion. There's a, there, the, there's the a comparison between nest. the two. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, right. So the Grim Scuttle Nest. Gotcha. You know what? I, I'm sorry about that, Justin. I'm, I'll start paying attention. Sorry about yeah, you're that. You're fine. You're fine. Um, so, yeah, that one is two to three Skitter Strand Arachnorox. Right. Gotcha. Right. Um, I, I 
I'd like to hit on the one point that you made about the to hit rule for goblins and spiders being, you know, severely lacking. Um, regular jits hit on usually like a five plus. If you look at some of the uh, book content, you know, right. those goblins hit on a five. You can improve that to a four. You're really looking better. And to Justin's point, statistically speaking, if you can improve the hit roll by one, I think that is better than the than a re-roll of it to hit, say, of a five or four plus. Yeah, um, right. Because you end up hitting on a three, so you end up, you know, 66% of the time versus the real gets you somewhere around the 60th percentile um, if you're hitting on a four. Yeah, re-rolls don't always calculate to better yeah. odds. No. Yeah, no, I, and you know, Chuck, that that's a great way to put it, man. That, I, I I like that. I, I guess I guess for me, I'm I'm a little moody about it because my uh, my harpoons on my uh, my ogres on that are on that are on uh, stonehorns, <laughs> they hit on fours by threes, one shot. I never make it. Yeah, they never shoot. That's very terrible. So so. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to jump to the other battalion. Uh, yeah, do it. So the Grim, this was one that I was looking at. It's called the Grim Scuttle Skitter Swarm. Yep. Uh, it requires zero to one Scuttle Boss or Web Spinner Shaman, and then three units of Spider Raiders, which typically, to fill out your baseline core or battle line, you're going to take the Spider Raiders anyway. Uh, the ability at the start of any first battle round after determining who has the first turn, but before the turn begins, you can roll a D6, which is really a D3, and D3 units from that battalion are removed and replaced on the battlefield. If you do so at the end, which, correct. So I, and so what I was doing, what I, I was trying to weigh my options with, if I took the Grim Scuttle, Skitter Swarm, um, and then coupled that with the Skitter Strand Spider, making it so that I have huge monsters off my deployment zone that I put on the table turn one oh, and man. then I ha I remove up to D3 units and replace them on the battlefield somewhere else uh, base almost redeploying my entire army turn one you know something I forgot about that the skitter strand can deep strike it's on their war yes. scroll yes oh yeah and holy liquor that's pretty when good we, when, we, when we get to, when, <laughs> when we get to my list you're gonna see why i call it the bouncing spider yeah but i want to go back mm -hmm. to the i want to go back to the, the the battalion then that you brought up justin i mean think about this Let, let's let's piggyback off exactly what yeah. chuck just said if we were to take your grim scuttle nest right mm -hmm. and you know we take the skitter strand that can deep strike which is on their war scroll we know that yeah that battalion the grim scuttle nest will let you do that again and again so yes. in, instead of moving normally, the skitter strand can be removed from the battlefield and placed back onto the same turn more than nine inches from enemy models. This can be used, I mean, think about this. This can be used as a defensive tactic uh, to get them away from a fight that's that's not going well or an offensively to seek out wizards, priests, objectives, your opponent foolishly might have left open or whatever. I mean, that was a good idea, Chuck, man. You got my brain going on that one. That was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Well, so so here's the here's the thing about the skitter strand, and this is what makes it kind of scary with the combination is okay. it the scuttle tide the grim scuttle nest says in your movement phase instead of making a normal move, the actual ability on the arachnorot is at the end of your movement phase. You can set up one or more reserve units in ambush, so you can literally pull move him during your movement phase and then remove him back to ambush. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You in can the, do it again in, in and again same, in, yeah. in, in yeah. the same turn. Right. Yeah, that's exactly Which, what we're saying. You can do it again and again. Okay, I, I thought you were just talking about every turn being on a move randomly. Yeah. No, it, I mean, I think these battalions, I wish they were actually in, like, the hard book because um, they're – I think these three battalions are better than the ones that are in here. 
Yes, uh, they are. Right. I, I really do. And and okay, what, what's Chuck? What's your favorite battalion out of the three? Uh, off the bat, I would say I have to say, you know, going back and looking at it, that it would be the one that I just talked about, that spider cluster. No, not the spider cluster. The skitter swarm. The, skitter swarm. the skitter swarm. Yeah. I mean, I think it offers a little bit of redeployment ability, uh, which is going to throw you through a loop. Mm -hmm. I actually played with the skitter strand spider and used it as a, an alpha strike, like assassinating monster um, to try and kill like little five and six wound heroes turn one that people left off to the side it only worked once or twice in a game but you know what it also did is it messes with your opponent's head because yeah. they wait to see where you pick put your monster in order to determine their next move okay right all right i i, I have to you? say that i have to say the scuttle nest the grim scuttle nest okay. just because the the double bounce like he's saying the the ambush take out a hero then bounce off the table and up, yeah you're out of fight out of flight kind of thing yeah oh oh yeah that that makes those 200 point arachnorox scary just because it's like oh your hero's dead and i'm gone see ya you know before you guys <laughs> brought up uh the the again and again with the arachnorox and all that kind of stuff and, and the deep striking i was going to say the grim scuttle uh, spider cluster was my favorite one but um because I, I I like I like the Arachnorox. I like the fact that I can take two to four of those big bastards in that battalion in any combination. I like the plus one to hit, and I was trying to look at that as far as how it would weave in with some of the other artifacts and command abilities that we that we talked about here a little bit earlier. But now that you guys are bringing up the fact that, you know, I, I can uh, I, I can pick up the D three units and move them around the board if, if if I were to take the Skitter Swarm, or I can I can deep strike again and again with the Grim Scuttle Nest with my Arachnorox. I don't know, man. I don't know what to choose anymore. I'm a little confused. I, you know, just, just to be the odd man out, I'm gonna have to go with the first one. I'm just just because you guys picked the other two, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with the uh, with, with the other one. So there yeah. you go. There's 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 my thoughts. So aside from the short list of units, um, your options are in a way, in a way, further uh, constricted because aside from the the scuttle boss, uh, the web spinner shaman on foot, and the spider riders. Those are all the behemoths that you really have. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean the web, the web spinner shaman on a spider, and, and also the one on foot, um, and the spider riders. Those are all the behemoths that you have. And on a two thousand point list, you really only allowed four behemoths, right? So mm -hmm. your option for list buildings are in a way further shortened, I think, in, in some ways. And I think that's what scares people away from this army to a certain extent. And Chuck, you might be able to correct me on that because you played the army. But about the only saving grace, in my opinion, is that. The battalions are surprisingly powerful, uh, and depending really on, on how you want to lean on your list, you can build on those unit strengths. I, th I think that's that's what we've just discussed here and shown in the battalions, because, and the re that's why I brought that up, because I think a lot of people are kind of leery about putting together a spider army, but I think if they really dig into these battalions, you can start seeing a lot more spider armies on the table. So. What do you think? I mean, you yeah, you got to kind of keep in mind, too, that a lot of people from Battle for the Pass are going to have a lot of spider riders floating around. They just need to convert them over to round bases or oval bases. Right. So in that Grim Scuttle Skitter Swarm, when it says three plus spider rider units, you could have five units that could redeploy. I mean, you would just have to make sure that you roll three um, in order to redeploy those. Right. Uh, I know it, it's only at the beginning of the game, but at least it gives you, you know, options to redeploy up to three out of your 
larger units that you have. So, you know, I'm not saying spend a thousand points on spider riders, but um, it it is still an option if you wanted an all the larger mounted list with less monsters. Okay. Also keep in mind that you can still take mega gargans with this army because they can ally in with any faction. Yeah. So would you though? Yeah. Do you think, do you think a mega gargan would actually hinder this army's ability to be good? on? I mean, it's kind of a point sink. I mean, I mean that's a whole it, other show as far as getting into the mercenaries and, and concept of the, of the Gargans. But correct. So it could be, but let me put one big but in there. Please if do. you put a, a large besides that type of but, but anyway, I like the um, buts and I can't if have a... we have a large monster like a Mega Gargan that's 480, 490 points running up the middle. Guess what they're going to focus on for turn one or two? Well, true. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and then 40k knights yep. tactic, right? And then, and then, guess what you do with D three units or a bunch of larger monsters that then pop up on the edge of the battlefield, and now you're splitting their army. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Well, let's let's talk about lists. I mean, you know, Chuck, we're going to hang with you here for a little bit to uh, to uh, sure. to, to get you talking about your list first. So up here, folks, I've got uh, a little bit of a of an example of what Chuck's list is. So Chuck, this is um. Uh, so this is your this is your Grim Scuttle list. You got so you got a Grim Scuttle, uh, the Great, which is 280 points. So go through your list here a little bit. Your, your philosophy on this one. Yeah, so I've got Grim Scuttle the Great at 280 points. He's a web spinner shaman on a Ragnarok spider, um, and then I also take a War Stomper Mega Gargan because he has a high damage output. Ah, so you did end, uh, end up taking the Gargan. Yes, gotcha. that's, okay. I mean that's and that's why I was mentioning it. Plus, I've got a ton of them on the shelf. Plus, I figure a lot of people have probably bought one uh, in the past year. Uh, so the point would be the Mega Gargan is a large focal piece in the middle. He's running up. He's just attacking something and killing it before he dies. Um, your Web Spinner Shaman. My base spell I would probably look at is the healing of a, a character or a monster, like healing D6 wounds. And then for my baseline battle line, I take uh, three units of 10 Spider Raiders, which is basically two units of five, 20 wounds for each unit, um, and then two Skitter Strand Arachnorok Spiders. I like it. Which those can then alpha strike two. They can do it together in tandem or both go on opposite corners. Um, the uh, battalion that I take is the Grim Scuttle Spider Cluster, which I can put the general in and both of the skitter strands in so that they get plus one to hit. Um, and then chromatic cogs for a endless spell, which then you could uh, have the bonus to movement. Keep in mind that your units fly. They treat they treat inner meeting terrain uh, as if it's not there. They can move over it. Um, it ju- there's just quite a few abilities there that I like. Obviously, we still have the general redeployment ability um, that was a command trait uh, for the general, um, which I think would be applicable, and all the other benefits that we talked about, increasing the uh, poison say or the poison uh, mortal wound ability and decreasing and increasing the baseline bravery um i think it's a a decent list it's got the big monster in it that runs up the middle and you can throw those larger spiders out on the flank well i see this list definitely spreading your opponent's army out and i just what one one thing i my takeaway on this list the first thing that kind of hit me over the head was the skitter strand arachnoroks are only 200 points yeah that is a freaking bargain well, keep in mind they have 10 less attacks because of the goblins on top, which I know they don't hit very well, but it's like it's 10 more dice I get to roll mm-hmm. every close combat phase or the web spinner uh, Arachnorok, which can, what, make the opponent move less or attack right. last or something like right. that in combat. Right. Yep. So they're, 
those are always, you know, nice things to have. But if you just want like a baseline monster to run in there and attack and possibly take out uh, a, a unit or take a, you know, objective for Pete's sake. I mean, we still have to try and think about holding objectives in this game, too. Yeah, um, they can go in, take that and then move off and go attack something else. I like the nice thing is you also have it at a five drop. It's a five drop list, which is not bad. Yeah, yeah, well, and that was something else you have to weigh. You know, if you took both battalions, uh, like we're talking about with a, the Arachnorox spiders and then your base spider raiders in it, I mean, you might be able to get the list down to a two drop, you know? Yeah. 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 But five drops, not bad for a destruction list. Right. No, heck no. I mean, Chuck, was this was this a list that you found yourself playing, you know, or a version of it when you had your army? No, actually, when I first took the book, uh, the Gloom Spike Jits book, I took the Skitter Strand Arachnorok and then a uh, just a peppering of everything else. I had like a, an all comers list, and then I specialized into a squig list, and then I went into a or troll, and then a squig list, one or the other, um, and played each one for about six months, um, just to kind of get a feel for them. I, I liked and had fun with it. Plus, I had these models just laying around. So when I bought the book for you know, 32 bucks. It's like, well, I can play like three different armies out of this and I already have the models for them and they're already round based. Right. Right. Awesome. Well, good stuff, man. All right, Justin, you're up, man. Here, here is <laughs> Justin's. We, uh, that we have. So Justin, it looks like your list here is, uh, is, is actually quite, quite a bit different. I mean, you got a scuttle boss on a gigantic spider and a web spinner shaman. You're, uh, let's hear about it, man. You're from Ugu run it. Let's hear it. Well, so the giant spider boss is my general, and of course he takes the, uh, the the spider sigils and all of those fun things. And then you've got, I believe there's two shamans on there. There's the actual web spinner shaman and a um, and a fungoid as well. So the web spinner shaman, because I have multiple battalions in my list, I get multiple artifacts. He has the headdress of many eyes, which allows him to reroll certain abilities and things of that manner, and has the spider the gift of the spider god. That's giving bonuses to my poisons. Okay. Basically. Okay. While the fungoid cave shaman has lawyer of the moon clans. Now the reason I have itchy nuisances out there because it's a it's a hellish spell for your opponent making them sure. strike last. Right. But I could technically take hand to gork and start throwing spiders across the table. Yeah. Now you could think about that. this. Thing about this list is it's not needed. Yeah, I think because of their speed, you probably don't need it. Right. I oh mean, no, I, no. I think itchy it, nuisance it, would be better. It, this is my bouncing spider list. Oh, so that's you'll right. Notice, okay, right. So you'll notice I have a 20-man unit of spider riders and two 15s. Mm-hmm. They are part of the Skitter Swarm. So that plus the general on Gigantic Spider, D, E3, I can read up to three units. I can actually deploy all uh, 50 spiders there in the first turn. Yeah. Onto my opponent's flank if, if I roll high enough. The second part of that list are the two skitter strands, which are then in the nest, now have the again and again teleport. So this entire army, except for the fungoid cave shaman and the web spinner, which sit next to the shrine and buff my spiders as they're reborn and then throw them across the board again, is bouncing at you like a bat out of hell. (laughs) So of all the armies that you play, how come we've never seen this one out on the table? You got a bunch of spiders. I do. Well, the, my original spider, the, before this list actually hit and before this this tome came out, there was Boingrot Bounders in there and things of that matter, that which were random movements, but they hit like trucks when they hit. And then, of course, I added Skettletide because Skettletide is, you know, a hellish spell for anybody to deal with. Sure. Yep. 
but yeah, this is my, this is my again and again, here comes the flying spiders and they're going to be thrown at you from all directions. Right. Well, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, those are great lists and you know, it's funny. I, I didn't get a chance to really put together a list because, um, this army, even, you know, to me, I, I actually, I kept putting together one list after another and I couldn't actually get, get a thought caught up to it, but it seems to me that I would want to try to have something where, like, the web spinner shaman would combine, say, sneaky distraction with um, the headdress that you were talking about. You know, mm-hmm. the headdress of many eyes or wh- whatever that is, uh, right. making it you know negative one to hit him. I think that I think that's king because that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, where you know you don't want your you don't want your 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 your, your hero or your general too close to the enemy too early in the game. Um, which I think which can make him impossible for some armies uh, with poor hit weapons to actually get at him. So I think that negative two is probably one of the better things that you can kind of build that general with or that hero with if I were to do something like that. I think the Grimscuttle spider cluster um, can make your Arachnorox very scary to deal mm-hmm. with. Uh, while I think the spider riders and the scuttle boss overwhelm them with numbers. I think I think you have that on your side as well if, if you were to put something like that together. But I think the Skitter Strand is always... Um, always there. I, I, I think that's a, that's a don't leave home without it. I mean, it's always waiting, lurking in the background, to, you know, to really pick off any spellcasters that kind of leave themselves exposed. And um, I, I think that's kind of where I would, the direction I would go in uh, with a list, right? I mean, I, I think that's where I'd like to, to kind of see, uh, see it happen. But so what else, man? I mean, we, we kind of come to the, 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 the close here of the, uh, of this of this conversation man when, when we're talking about the grim scuttle tribe but anything you guys want to add no nah, i think we covered them pretty well i mean spiders are scary and just you know stealth mission and whatever you want to use them for yeah. they they have an answer to a lot of things yeah it makes me want to play the army <laughs> it's really you know at least yeah at least have like some fun with it because i mean if you can teleport around take objectives and make your opponent you know really try and play to come get you that's what this army is about it's almost like the wood elf army of sixth and seventh edition back Good in the analogy, old days man Absolutely. oh yeah i mean the, the simple yeah. item of oh i take these three units off the table and guess what they're right on top of the objectives turn one yep yeah pop get, here come, pop there come get me <laughs> yeah yep no it um yeah you know what it does i know we talk about a lot of armies here on the show uh but this one uh this one, this conversation here kind of made me want to want to go out and get a bunch of spiders and, and play them. But um, good stuff. Well, all right, man. We are going to be right back with the question of the day. Hey, gang. I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. (laughs) 
we got the question of the day. We are uh, we are back. So here it is, man. I know that you guys were if you guys were with us in the beginning of the uh, the show, you guys might have heard this, but we're going to repeat it again. And I'm going to kind of uh, throw this right at the. Uh, uh, right at the co-host first, man, and, and and if you guys have an answer to the question of the day, leave it in the show co- comments in the uh, in the section below the show. So here it is. Here's question of the day. With the reveal, uh, Justin, I'm throwing this at you first. With the reveal That's of you work. yeah, with the reveal of Bellacor and his upcoming story, do you think GW is returning to chaos as the main villain faction in Age of Sigmar? I do. I think that chaos is going to be stepping into the the forelight or the forefront of the of the our baddie, so to speak. Okay, and that's that's just because death is kind of petered out there. I mean, we we everything is since Soul Wars all the way up has been death, 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 and Nagash, and you know OCR Bone Reapers popping up here and Nagash moving, you know, and to this particular faction, and now we. have we got vampires. We know they're coming at some point. We just don't know when. We got Curse City, which is pretty much confirmed we're going to have vampires right. in some faction. Sure. Um, but I don't think there's enough in the tank for death to make them the baddie because we're going to see a big battle between Teclas and, and Nagash at some point here, and that's going to be that. I think with Bellacor's release, Chaos is going to step into that forefront since we had the release of the Slanesh God um and all the other fun factions coming and all that and we're just going to see demons hitting the table like crazy all right so so justin you think yes but uh chuck what about you man with the reveal of bellacor and his upcoming story do you think gw is returning to chaos as the main villain faction in age of sigmar yeah i mean we you know i kind of took some brief notes and tried to google a couple things but ultimately this question of the day comes down to games workshop you know went through the uh, death as the bad guy when Nagash came through, blew up all the worlds or whatever. Uh, and then he would, had his own book and he ruled and he won all the tournaments and GTs, big whoop. So, you know, big scary guy. But anyway, uh, Night Hunt came out. They had some other, you know, undead things that capitalized on. I think they're slowly transitioning into chaos being the unforetold evil of the world at this point. Uh, my standing would be that, if they're evil, then probably we're going to see a, a new chamber of Stormcast called Chaos Cast. And what will end up is we'll have Chaos Stormcast. Because obviously we need an antithesis with the next Stormcast book coming out. So it'll be Stormcast versus Stormcast, but it won't be Stormcast. It'll be Chaos Cast. I would okay, love to get see it? Corrupted Stormcast. <laughs> that would be so much fun. And instead of painting them gold... You'll paint them red. <laughs> I almost thought you were going to say paint them green there for a second. Oh, I would love well, that. Well, that's Nurglecast. Wait a second. That's a whole other topic. We're, we are going to talk about that. I think we need to have a show where we talk about what would it be like to just have corrupted Stormcast. You know, I, I think oh, yes. Corrupted whatever. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think if I were to like kind of ponder that question, which I have, um, I sure hope so. I really hope that Chaos comes back as the main villain in Age of Sigmar because I think that's why when Slaves of Darkness got nerfed so heavily, you know, through the FAQs and, you know, through what they did to um, uh, the, the um, some of their magic and things like that, I, I really think that uh, they deserve it. And to be mm-hmm. honest with you guys, I don't want to go back to I'm, – I'm done with the whole death thing, man. I don't want to go back to 2017 and 2018 again in the game where, you know, Nagash was everywhere. Death was, you know, uh, basically um, 
uh, all over every single table and winning. And, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that we're kind of outside of the whole Nagash days because I kind of felt like a lot of these gamers, they would just go buy a box, take a model out, glue it together, and then, you know, think, you know, and then pretty much auto win a lot of games. And there was, wasn't really a lot of tack there. Um, you know, and to kind of kind of lament on this real quick, you know, it, between 2017 and 2018, I played 10 games at Adepticon. And of those 10 games, eight were against Death Armies. And of those eight, four specifically were against Nagash. So I, I'm glad yeah. that the, um, the the bad guy has been replaced. And I sure do hope it is Bellacor and Slaves to Darkness and Archaeon and all of that because, you know, that's, you know, Archaeon, he's like, he's like the Darth Vader of this hobby, man. I mean, and, you know, Bellacor coming in, that could be kind of an ensuing tussle for power there because, you know, Bellacor, the storyline there is he doesn't really care for Archaeon. He doesn't like him because the chaos gods kind of gave Arcan more of a favor. So I think there's a lot of stuff here that I, I, I really hope they build on and I really hope GW does it well, but yeah, I really, I really hope that chaos is the new bad guy for sure. Absolutely. But speaking of bad guys, man, we got, uh, we got the closing thoughts here tonight with Justin, our resident chaos guy. So Justin, what? it's all to you, man. <laughs> You're in the barrel. Oh, I'm in the barrel. Yeah. Resident chaos. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Either way, um, my closing thoughts tonight are that I would like to see players out there just enjoy the game and try something different. You know, step out of your comfort zone a little bit with your armies. I mean, we talked about um, Grim Scuttle tonight, and it's one of those armies that kind of gets ignored because it's it's not a comfort army. You know, it's not something that you would normally want to play. And some people have fears of spiders and that might trigger it too. But hey, you know, but if you get out there and you play these random armies that show up in the Tome Celestials or every so often in the White Dwarves, they just have a, you know, a little snippet of an army that may be a story footnote, not even an actual fleshed out army and just kind of create it, you know, play the game your way. And and I know we all have our comfort zone. But I, I'm challenging everybody out there to play something that's not in their comfort zone. It, you know, we got Chaos coming and Bellacore coming and all these other fun models coming. And we get Monday previews and all this, this great stuff that GW has been pushing at us lately. And it's making the hobby extremely exciting right now. And I am happy for everybody out there that's enjoying this hobby that gets to roll dice and spend time with their friends you know, we are COVID heavy. We know that we know we still have all the problems and a lot of places are coming out of it, which is great. And we want to get out there and game and we want to get out there and socialize. And part of our contract as gamers here is, you know, our social contract is roll dice, be fun, fair, and don't be a short pants. So all I can say is let's have some fun with this hobby and, you know, let's see what, where we go in the next year. Good stuff, man. And uh, and that, as they say, is a wrap. That's a great show. And all the Grimdark Goons, and I'd like to thank our listeners for another great show. And we look forward to having you back next time when we discuss all things related to dice dragons, demons, and dwarves in the Warhammer world. So please don't forget to join us next Tuesday at 7.30, or thereabouts in case we're a little late. But, you know, we'll make up for it. Uh, and also, please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button if you haven't already done so, and follow our podcast. So until then, until we meet again, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be... A short, a short pants. pants. Good night, everyone. Bye bye. Night, buddy. Good night. Good Dark Live. We'd like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. 
We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.